0: Tonight, we discuss Predator, the uh, 1980s classic with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Then we continue our community watch-through discussion of The Terminalist, Episode 4. All this coming up right now on The Writer Brothers. And that didn't work. And welcome back to the Ryder Brothers, your Tuesday night home for uh, various pop culture stuff that we decide that we like to do and talk about. I am, of course, your host, Petey York. I am joined by the lovely Corione, witch in residence, and of course, the equally less lovely Pollo Zapatos, gentlemen. We've got a uh, a good show tonight. Uh, we're gonna take a look back at, a, at an '80s classic action movie, um, and comparing it to uh, to what we thought or what we thought was Prey. And already, right out of the gate, we got fan mail from R and D. Good evening. Good evening to you, R and D. Welcome back to the show and the discussion. Glad to have you here. Um, so Predator. Uh, well i'll go ahead and start because it was my first time watching this movie and i've never seen it before the only thing i'd seen was clips of predator 2 when i was really young and that was on tv and uh and alien versus predator was the first predator movie that i ever watched all the way through um so yes shock i know what horrible childhood i had playing video games and legos all the time not watching predator uh so i of course put up the formula the what we didn't like and what we did like now of course some might think well why not general discussion because you automatically love it right i don't uh there are aspects of it that i liked there are aspects of it that i thought worked there are also aspects of it that it took creative liberties similarly to prey and i think having watched prey first and predator after i honestly felt both movies together are worth watch worthwhile to watch. Um, the biggest thing I didn't like right out of the gate, I'll go ahead and get this one out there for you guys to think about. Chew on was the fact that we have it established the Predator plasma cannon is a super deadly, super accurate. Just you know, you get touched with that thing, you're probably losing an arm, unless you're the main character. Um, Arnold takes a blast to the arm with the with the cannon, and and he just kind of walks it off. And I felt that was that was that was definitely uh, okay. It's an action movie. He's an action hero. Got it. No no problem with that. It's just now I'm going to be looking at it not so much from the realism perspective, but the action star perspective, which I think is what we all ended up agreeing on with Prey was the case. Was that it was also an action movie that took creative liberties, and so I thought that Predator did a lot of that same kind of thing. Uh, there was there was a lot of cool parts with the assault in the in the camp that they that they took and and a lot of the build-up was definitely more suspenseful i I would say uh felt a lot like the way that the thing goes which by the way is my personal favorite horror movie uh john carpenter's version of course and yeah it it just it it wasn't without its flaws and so i can see why people praise it it's you know for the time there was a lot of cool effects that it brought to the screen that hadn't really been seen or executed in that way of course they some of them don't hold up as well over time but that's that is what it is it, it's they were working with the best that they had and and you could tell that they, they had a lot of fun making this movie um, some fan mail in the chat from r d says the blast gores through his or goes through his gun before hitting his arm uh, look at it in slow-mo you see the rifle break in two pieces Okay, so we do have a point to consider.
1: Two two things on that, on both of those. On your point about it being action and, uh, you know, he, the main character survives. Um, plot armor. That's the one I was like, for. Plot armor. And then the other thing about it, the rifle being broken in half. I still think your point, Parker, is valid though, because even though it does break the rifle in half, it punched like... A sizable hole through the uh, the country bumpkin dude. Like it was about a crater in his guts, and I think that means that even if it did hit the gun first, it, especially by '80s action logic, the entire thing should have exploded him, and he should have been like maybe a floating neck as he fell to the ground. I mean, I I can see some of the the energy being absorbed. The one thing that I noticed because I was looking for it with the projectile weapons is there is definitely some form of dissipating spear in the center. Oh, the like there is an actual projectile. I don't know if it's just because they had to use like an arrow for tracking to you know make the the beam look real yeah but that goes back to prey where he's using only magnetic slinging devices but this is before the plasma bolt like the bolt itself is some form of unstable plasma core which shot at high velocity can punch through things and prior to that it was just a bolt that could fire as fast as a gun without any sound
2: Yeah.
3: So in the in the making of videos for Predator, that like they've been several documentaries, they the FX guys actually did use a arrow that was painted fluorescent to mark where everything was going. Yeah. So good catch, John. Um, yeah. Look, there are some things that I mean. Look, is the dialogue cheesy by our standards today? yeah of course right it's the I, 80s I, oh no that's right. the
1: part i love though i, I, I love to stick around I, it's, it's, the weird part is i wouldn't say it's cheesy because i think it directly created the way marines talk okay fair <laughs> enough. sounded <laughs> just as dumb as most marines that i've met okay fair and enough. that oh. technically makes it accurate as far as a military drama goes
3: yeah, but, I mean, you know what I'm just saying? Like, there there is that technical part of it. Is there um, a little bit of hokiness in regards to how everything goes? Is, you know, like, is the around. fact that,
0: like... Can you please read r and fan mail?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Get to the chopper! Thank you.
3: Yeah, um, but, yeah, the, the, um... You know, is the is everything seemingly soaked in gasoline so as soon as a spark gets near it, it catches fire in a huge fireball? Yeah, of course, right? That's the 80s. It was a simpler age, right? Um, and considering yeah. that the movie's like 30 years old, basically, um, you know, that's that's not too, too bad, really, when you consider it still fairly well holds up as a modern movie. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, I, I will say that the, you know, they took just about every, to make this movie, they took just about every major action hero of that time, put them on the same team in like a weird expendable style format and just pick them off one at a time, like they're kids at a summer camp, right? Like it was, you know, in a lot of ways they were, this was an experiment of Let's make an action movie, but let's take the tropes of a horror movie and put them in play. And, you know, you know, there were scenes where that really does work. And, you know, a bunch of military dudes who are like, you know, top tier operators suddenly sitting there going, we are being hunted by something that is way superior to us. And this is a problem is an interesting conundrum to be in, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's an interesting scenario. It, it's just, like I said, the execution to, you know, today's eyes, it looks kind of hokey. But, well, I mean, to me, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: Yeah, no, and it's, it's good on its own... It's still good. Don't get me wrong. And I decided to just switch it to general discussion because that's really what I should have opened with. Because that's that's really my biggest complaint. And and yes, yeah, so R and you do bring up a good point that it did hit the gun and and but my problem is it was like he was nursing and babying it for like one scene and then it's back to oh it's fine. I'll just walk it off. I'm good. I'm Schwarzenegger, and it's like uh, all right, that's that's acceptable. It's an action movie. However, I, I just. I just don't see the hatred for Prey. Uh, okay. After watching both movies, I'm like... it Because Prey still follows the the, the formula of Predator. It just does it a little differently. And, and they said it back in time 300 years. But I felt both movies, watching watching Prey first and then watching Predator... That Prey works. It doesn't change anything. It respects the canon. It, it tells a different story. But it, it's kind of the same. It's just, you know, this is why the Predator ends up being more aggressive the next time around because they learn from the from the one 300 years ago from its mistakes and so this new one comes and shows up and it's like well now I'm better armed and I'm better equipped to handle with tier one operators and that's why the tier one operators go down so easily and then and then eventually uh, I did like how the ending I, I liked how both of them ended similar they lured the thing into a trap to overcome it I thought that was that was great I, so I, I just I do agree that people saying Prey is better are kind of overstepping their, their, you know, if you, if you like it better, that's one thing, but I'd say objectively, both movies are about on the same scale with each other. Uh, it's just, this one's, you know, Prey is a 2022 action movie, and this was an 80s action movie. They're both action movies. They're both predator movies, and I enjoyed them both equally. Uh, I'm... But I come yeah. from a unique point of view in that I didn't see the first Predator. So that 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 changes my perspective significantly.
3: Yeah, I think part of it might actually boil down to, do you have nostalgia for the original? Or don't you? If you do, then you probably think the original is superior. If you don't, you can probably see the merits of both. Right? Um, and if you... You know, if this is your first exposure to the Predator movie franchise, you might think that this is the greatest movie since Prey is the greatest movie since Slice Bread, right? I mean, you know, I, well, and I actually- thought Prey was
0: okay. I mean, so, I didn't think it was yeah. like, you know, the greatest movie ever.
1: That's actually something that I, I learned today. So I loved Prey from the moment I started watching it. It was the exact kind of like for this, this Prey was like the first one that didn't feel like a horror predator okay Uh, like every other predator seems like it is very much trying to scare you and you know first time viewing predator it was very scary like as a child like i did not enjoy it and by child i mean i I was probably like 13 And, and so like for me it was one of those horror movies that like you have to watch during the day with the lights on and it's terrifying and now re-watching it like I was laughing at all the things that used to scare me like it's a hundred percent snap cuts, silent times, momentary breathing, that like ominous and watching it like while working really showed me how laughable all that stuff is in the context of 80s graphics like you would watch the Predators like light thing come on or his hud and you're just like that's so slow he would die every single time he tried to target anything moving because that thing's like and then you see the heat outline of what he's targeting it's like that dude's dead no reticle that ADS feed is done right and whereas prey you watch it and it's like Right. And, but that's, that's the graphics. But at, at the same time, re watching the movie, the story still holds up. Yeah. It, watching it and watching Prey, you don't feel like Prey betrayed the Predator and changed the outcome of the Predator. Like, like when you watch Strange New Worlds or when you watch J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, it changes everything that came before it that's technically supposed to come after these new movies and series. Yeah. But in Prey, it followed the rules. And just change the technology, like like if anything, all we saw was a degradation of technology, which coincides with the timeline, and that was well. See, I don't, especially in the modern times. But that's if we like. This really depends on it. If we include all the other lore that we've learned from AVP, but then if we look like. If we include well, AVP, okay, hold we on, hold on. include the- Prometheus? And if we include Prometheus, do we include the second Prometheus one? And if we include those two, they already break AVP because AVP says that the whole universe or the whole earth was set up as a predator hunting ground with predators being the ones that gave humans technology, but we don't see the first alien until Prometheus, but Prometheus starts because of the events of AVP and Wayland Corp is the one that actually invented the alien. So,
3: so, so what you're saying is the <laughs> timeline of this universe makes zero sense. And yes. the, you're absolutely right. Except Look. in Prey and Predator, it makes perfect sense. It works. Well, well, hold on, hold on. It really depends on what you consider to be the more advanced weapons platform. Okay. And I'm I'm gonna make the argument here. Okay. Because plasma weapon, yes, it's an energy based weapon. In theory, if you're got a decent power pack, it's never running out of juice. Uh, you can just fire that thing with Reckless Abandon. That homing uh, smart fire, basically flying sword dagger railroad spike system that he bolt. had. Homing dart. Yeah, well, but this is the thing. It, it changes wasn't a homing direction. Dart. It
1: was a laser reticle. Okay. Like it followed the reticle.
3: Right. But here's the thing. That, that dart, that... I'm going to call it a railroad spike. Cause that's what it felt like that railroad guardians. spike um, changes like does like hard turns. Right. Yeah. I, I would I did. argue I did not like that. Well, well, I would argue that that's the superior weapon system.
1: Yeah. I would too, because like, if we think about that, like just about darts, the dart from guardians of the galaxy, like yeah, the that arrow? thing. Yeah. It's so fast. It's silent and it doesn't degrade like as it punctures things it doesn't lose any speed and same with this dart is like it literally can horseshoe do a 90 degree turn without losing any velocity that's beyond the best weapon which if we think about weapons and like the reality of them there's like your government issue and then your there's your special crafted i've been buying each independent piece for myself and this is what I like to use which throws in this whole like if anything it expands the lore of the predators in terms of like their arsenal like some of them are going to be bow hunters in a time of plasma rifles
0: well and then there's the other that I just figured it out though I just figured it out cuz Cory on you're right this is you know this does seem like a seemingly more advanced technology But I think I could figure out why they would go to the plasma bolt that just shoots straight and only lands on the target. And I think it's because the last guy to use the homing dart system got himself himself killed with it. So their weapon could be used against them and instead no, they wanted a absolutely. cannon that couldn't be used against them. Yeah, I mean, like, if they picked up, like, the black mention- box
3: from that Predator or something, like, I, I, I'll i give you that. Or even better, they realized Look, that we mirrors were going to be a serious problem, right? Right! <laughs> 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 yeah!
1: And not to mention the other aspect of both of those thoughts is that the biggest thing in Predator 2 is that he keeps collecting predator medals and then ends up getting the predator disc and knows that it's the best weapon he's ever held in his hands because it cuts through predators whereas like his shotgun loaded with slugs it annoys him. Yeah. oh no it, it it punctured him that's where you that uh in predator that was the thing that got the predator to fall over yeah is this like several just all the chest and you see the predator's blood it's like trickling he couldn't even break an artery and that that is like but that that demonstrates more to like why the predators clean up after themselves our metal punctures our skin we're not gonna collect like we're not gonna leave this behind why do we stop using darts well that's a ton of stuff to clean up like there's that that it's that's such an awesome reality though like that gives testament to prey because prey it, it was getting bashed as this movie that didn't respect anything and just brought in another mary sue but then it turns out that it literally expanded the lore in ways that none of us ever thought to like what is the armory because the plasma cannon is good enough well what were the other iterations it doesn't matter the plasma cannon's good enough Like Prey's now like, well here's some other iterations and now suddenly we're all like, well I I could see why they got rid of this one, even though it's better.
3: So we got a little bit of fan mail here. Uh, R&A, something uh, to note about Prey. The fact that the girl got uh, uh, handed the 1715 pistol uh, implies the Predators came back, slaughtered everyone and took the pistol back. And you know what? I would even argue that they had to come back, because they had to come back and get his body.
1: Yep, I would even argue, according to Predators Two logic, he wasn't the only predator on the island, like on the planet, at uh, the time. Yeah. Exactly, because according to Predators Two, there's there's people in the ship still, mm-hmm. and I think that plays a major uh, a major role in those events um does anybody know when roanoke off the top of their head was the roanoke colony disappeared
3: oh i was just dealing with that a little while ago it i think it would have been in like two year two or three years from 1715 like it it was around that time if i remember correctly
1: oh uh, no it looks like 1587 oh was it? Uh, that's okay. what i was thinking i was thinking this next one so if oh, that would be there, so good. This is the hard part about all the timelines, is apparently, according to the like ancient subterranean t- uh, structure in AVP, their ritual was every hundred years. But at one point, they lost to the aliens, and because they lost, all of humanity was wiped out, and that's what killed you know the ancient aliens' world. And then from there... The rituals kicked back up sometime after humanity kicked back up to a certain degree and that that to me makes this whole like connection to the the predator universe as similar like a lot closer to different nature preserves but also still tracks with the prometheans being better than the predators because like they are the ones that started life on earth according to prometheus they're the ones that started life on earth and then whatever life on earth that was here the predators were like oh we can use this life to create this other life that we have and then we can use this other life to hunt and we have stakes and these stakes make it important and then they lost and so that they that's where it seems like they dramatically lost the stakes and it seems kind of like that whatever happened in that because it's all like they read it through the like inscriptions on the the tunnels that seems to be like a, a perfect justification for uh gen- the general order one in star trek and stuff like that the idea that first contact needs to be handled with people of sufficient technology because the predators were like yeah it's a nature preserve we'll come back and visit and hunt here and like we'll have this machine set up to create the thing we want to hunt and that's how it's going to go. But then it went so bad. They erased a race. And so they like now they've learned from that. Now they end in parties and they like they don't even start the aliens anymore. And and they're trying to like get rid of whatever version of Predators put the aliens everywhere. No,
3: there, it's uh, getting back to to the, the movie Predator, like the, the first one. Um, there are some like absolutely just dynamite moments in that movie where you just, well, yeah, but there, there, there's just like moments that, that sit with everybody. And I'd be curious to hear what your guys are. I'm going to go with mine though. Um, I've always felt that, for example, that since Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura both went into politics, they should have run, um, as president and vice president, um, You know, on the basis that in a steel cage match, the United States would win handedly. But, um,
0: you know, but... I mean, you're right, but yeah.
3: Yeah, but my favorite moment in the movie is when Jesse Ventura just unloads into the jungle with that minigun. And just effectively creates a landing strip in the middle of nowhere by just taking everything out in that area. And they still don't manage to hit the Predator. Like, to me, that was just one of those perfect moments. Wait, I'd love to hear what your guys are.
0: I'm just trying to figure out what... Sorry, I'm gonna need to pull up the IMDb to clarify Wait, a couple of things. Jesse I thought Ventura the...
1: didn't actually do that scene.
0: It yeah, was, uh, I thought it Mac, was the and that was oh, was it Jesse Mac? Ventura yeah, that's what I thought. Oh right, right,
3: chest. that's right. That's yeah, right. crazy
0: man, as I called him on my live commentary in the in the Discord. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it that so that scene I did like because yes, it does establish. Yeah, you're not you're not hitting this this thing, and it it really does bolster. But I also just. I loved how I could relate to that because that's literally uh, what what me and my super game craft do, any game crew to, anytime there's a stealth mission in Grand Theft Auto Online. Because it's like, if you have the option in a stealth mission to just go hot in that game, we always option. Oh no, we're going hot. It's, it's And so yeah, I love putting those gifts in. Like, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, yeah. yeah, for
3: me it actually reminded me of um, uh, the game XCOM. Um, cause there are mission, uh, in the XCOM 2, the latest one that came out, you're effectively playing as the insurgent force, trying to dislodge the aliens from earth. Hmm. And there are moments where I've got my team set up to go take down this one alien dude. And my guy will start it off. He'll fire like a shot at the creature And the dude will blink out, but not before my entire squad has completely carpet bombed the building that that guy was in. So there's nothing left of the building. And the one alien has like jumped himself out of the building, like through a window and escaped. And we're all sitting there going, well, that was a colossal waste of ammo. All right, let's load up and get ready again.
1: That, But I see that scene, though really showed off quite a few things like when it showed off battle tactics like you watch everybody come in and stand on the flank like nobody comes in shooting from the side and actually hits anybody nobody starts shooting until they're online with everybody but then also they still hadn't realized that the predator was using the trees to his advantage Mm -hmm. and so they never thought to aim up and i think that's such like that's a sign of good writing like yeah there's those 80s like action moments that don't make sense there's plot armor for sure but there's also like they followed their own rules like they haven't figured out the sky yet so they're not going to shoot into the sky whereas like uh i think his name was billy their uh tracker he Noticed that they were shooting in all directions, whereas like we saw them putting one for like focus of fire. And I think what he meant by all directions was like they were literally spinning the trees. So like there's little hints that they're shooting, like there's something in the trees. And even Billy goes, there's someone, there's something there in the trees. And you see him not see what he's looking at. He never looks directly at the predators. Like when he's looking through the predator's head but you see Billy like knowing that something's off about the way the tree is moving in the wind. Like it's moving and there's no wind. And that all of these things like really point to the writer's ability to effectively create like Dungeons and Dragons style teams where like each character has their role and they may not get to express the all out power of that role, but the writers took the time to explain it to themselves. They took the time to like establish it so that every scene makes sense according to each character rather than the characters coming off like they don't matter. And I think that's something that Prey did as well. And I think like the coolest thing about going back and watching Predators, especially after just watching Prey, is that not Predators, but Predator I was gonna say it, it created an entire universe that makes fun sense. Like it is it is its own version of Marvel, especially because they've mm-hmm. combined in the aliens. So like, we've got a much slower Marvel closer to the expanse yeah. and that, or I mean, even closer, it's like the closest one would be Halo where the Prometheans are the high runners or the four, four, or runners. four runners. The, uh, uh, oh man, what's the name? The predators would probably be closer to the covenant and then the alien would be the flood. like these all like these tropes while they are tropes they can all tell completely different stories and look at how fun each one is and i think what prey did if anything is it just revitalized the entire franchise for me like i now want to see more 2022 quality on a 1980s classic I, I want that story to stay because Prey did it right. So it does work. And then going back and watching Predator after Prey, it still works. So, like, let's keep all of the things from everything. Let's keep the macho guys that are way too big for their, like, uniforms. Let's keep the young, nimble female warrior who knows how to outwit an opponent rather than supposedly has the strength of 20 men. Yeah. Like, that combined really makes for a fun – story and give me more predator tech. Give me more predator lore. Give me more of this cuz it's so cool. And who cares if it's like accurate to the reality of the universe, but at the very least make it accurate to itself. Yeah. Maintain well, its accuracy yeah. like you have so far.
3: Well, I mean, in some ways we are getting that too though, right? I mean, we just recently got uh Denis Villeneuve's uh Dune, which was I would argue a fantastic update. To the yeah. the Dune yeah. franchise, um, you know I wasn't we are even getting some of these.
0: I wasn't even bored during the slow moments of Dune. Like that's how good yeah. it was. Was it was it was the art, and and that's where I would say Prey does strongly in like some of the slow going establishing shots. I think were were absolutely necessary into helping prey stand out because that is one thing I did notice that, that Predator felt, and this is gonna, probably going to sound silly, but it, this is honestly my feelings about the movie. Predator felt a little claustrophobic. Now, maybe that's the point. You're in a thick jungle. You're supposed to kind of feel like you might be contained in an area. It's not, you know, not not a whole lot of room to, to move. And that's what I thought Shines is because having those big Establishing shots of the area and the Environment while they're also pretty to Look at it also shows like This is the open wilderness that they Lived in this is the air you know this This helps establish the zone A lot better I I just feel like maybe if we had What I wanted was Like an aerial shot Uh not maybe not necessarily A zoom in zoom out which would work too But just something to to establish Just how far deep in the Jungle they had gone From their base camp at the edge of the water like that's what i just i just wanted to have like okay like how how screwed are these guys (laughs) it's basically what i was looking
3: i get you i get you i I think you're gonna get some of that with the second predator movie okay when you take the chance to watch it
1: yeah and and the second predator movie is a lot more (laughs) like a cop drama overlaid with predator and, and it's like, it, it makes sense. It works. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier, on It's like the original Predator was closer to um, uh, like what if a bunch of like a camping trip was actually a, uh, a group of tier one operators and they're running from Jason Voorhees. Like, how does that play out? And that's like Predator one, whereas Predator two is like cop drama. But Jason Voorhees is a Predator yeah. in L.A and and there's, i think i don't think that predator needs the establishing shots because i think it it actually works even if it wasn't intended like it like i assume it was probably due to some like budgetary restrictions but like the claustrophobia of the jungle is actually like how i mean i personally felt whenever i was in the jungle like It doesn't matter if you have 10 miles to run in either direction. There's probably a giant snake or spider 10 feet from your foot and you can't see it. And that's why I will live in the desert. What Predator made sense is like, there is a guy standing over you on a branch and you can't see him. And whether he has cloak or not, it's a jungle. He could be (laughs) completely covered.
3: Yeah, PD. I understand you're, you're uh, you know, liking the desert, but camel spiders, dude.
0: Not that desert. I'm talking about the Idaho <laughs> desert. Yes, we have wolf okay. spiders and rattlers, but the wolf spiders and rattlers usually know to keep in their habitats and not come, you know, to air, to human place. It, whereas like a place like Australia, for example, the animals still think they occupy the land by themselves.
3: Um, anyway, yeah, I see now that that would be the ultimate predator movie. You need a predator movie set in Australia where the animals wind up killing the predator.
0: <laughs>
3: well, Even that kind of goes
1: along with what I was an saying, emu, what I'm about to say, though. An emu gets the final hit because Australia's only war with animals was lost to the emus. Yeah, exactly so
0: building on what John brought up because now you you've actually segued the conversation to this direction with with what you were saying um, I with a uh, fan mail from r and D in Australia spiders are big enough to have a health bar yes that's correct the, the, yeah. I've looked at the bird-eating spiders and I'm like I, I anyway uh, I guess the scenery is just okay. nice on some of those some of the speech fronts um, I uh, so going off what you're saying john i think that would actually be and as a as a consumer of product myself i just want to say that for the next predator movie predator prey movie um i think you should take aspects of both the original and prey and give us a 2022 era predator film that has this team of masculine men and heroic f- uh, feminine warriors. And, you know, you can play up the whole well, uh, toxic what predators did. femininity, did toxic masculinity. Predators? No, I haven't. Uh, but I also oh, heard Predators I loved sucked. I Predators. I thought Pre-
3: it was so fun. Okay, predators is, an, is a unique concept. The basic premise is instead of fighting humans on Earth, they abduct a bunch of humans and put them on a game world.
0: Yeah, I hate it well no Uh, based off of that description
1: i'm like no no. so let's take let's take all the versions of predators we've had so far we've had predator in the jungle where it's tier one operators versus a predator on a jungle there nobody has home court advantage then we have predators two. it's a predator in la where like being invisible is super easy when you can jump to the top of buildings or climb buildings with your bare hands like that's no human can do that even though we can ride an elevator we can't get to the top that then you have avp where it's like there's this long historical legacy of the hunt and then we have avp requiem where it's this botched input like where they supposedly won ended this this arbitrary hunt that they've been trying to end but then it continued because they didn't end it entirely with you know the alien popping out of the predator's chest at the end of the movie and then so that plane or that ship then crashes right back on earth restarting the annihilation of the alien hunt and then predators after avp requiem is like okay so we're not going to keep risking the entire human population just because like we have some understanding of the importance of letting species evolve to their maximum potential and if we wipe them out we lose a lot of potential resources and information that they could create and so the preserve is like their clean version of hunting the deadliest prey and so the people that they choose are all people on the verge of death or already on death row, and so they bring in all of these people that are already tier one operators, but also one hundred percent going to be missed or not going to be missed. Well, and that I'll, I'll
3: give you an example. Like some of the characters that they bring in is they they bring in yeah like a tier one operator who's gone mercenary. They bring in a member of the yakuza. They bring in um this woman that.
1: She's a um, tier 1 operator of some, I want to Yeah, say she's a tier Grenada. 1 operator in like
3: Grenada. She's like a freedom fighter somewhere. Um oh, and they bring in
1: a doctor.
3: No, because he had not a, a re-
1: well, he claims yeah, I, okay, I don't want to ruin the movie, but for this conversation we probably should just like your best yeah it, a he,
3: he's a doctor but he's
1: actually a sociopath right he's a serial killer what yeah like a, a well-documented serial killer according yeah. to like like he explains it to the uh grenada she, she's some form of sf special forces and still yeah. enlisted mm-hmm. um and so like that she's the only one with a moral compass whereas everybody else has major reasons to not have one. And her moral compass gets her in trouble with the doctor when the doctor explains that like you all thought I was just some schmuck that just accidentally ended up with you but I've been killing people for years and nobody's ever even once looked at me. And then suddenly like that's where you see that like the predators didn't choose willy-nilly they chose people with the highest kill counts they chose predators yeah exactly and and so then that the idea of predators on predator planet makes suddenly like it it works as an escalation of everything we've seen before and then the i don't remember what the newest predators was called but the one where uh it's back to kind of being like predator with arnold schwarzenegger and that one's this whole idea of predators feeling remorse for all their predating and now yeah. one of them is trying to like equip the humans. So, like i really like this turn back to prey because that sucks like that yeah. ruins the whole ideology of the predators it ruins all of their backstory if like they literally have just one slight morality difference And then suddenly they're going to equip humans with predator tech. Like, no, that that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't match where they've been. Like, even if they did want to save humanity, all they would do is spend all their time deleting earth from the records. Not, okay. So, you know, trying to equip one human with predator gear.
3: So we've talked about the future of the franchise a little bit, and we've been dancing around it a little bit. What would your next predator uh, film? What would your ideal one be?
0: So as I was saying, uh, <laughs> ideally I would take both Prey and Predator and I would try to use both both uh, stories and that that's basically what I'd do. And yeah, you could either set it in 2022 or you could try setting it, you know, maybe we could do something a little different and go into the future and then separate it from the... A- I don't like combining the Aliens universe into the Predator, personally. I think that... Those can exist. Those ideas should exist as separate universes. So we can have a universe where Prey, Predator, Predator 2, Predators, and Alien versus Predator exist. And then we can have the primary universe where Prey, Predator, and Predator 2 exist. And then we go from there. And that's how I would reboot the series. Is 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 just So here's my here's
3: my elevator pitch for a predator movie. Okay. Two minutes, go. Yep. Um I want to do a predator movie where we are actually in a future where our tech is parody, but it comes purely down to skill. It comes down to the humans have to one, realize they are being hunted, and then two, have to deal with something that is just that much better a hunter. And the technology isn't what's terrifying here. It's the skill of the individuals involved. I think that could be a fascinating way to take it. Because we've gone far back. We've gone to modern day. Let's go to the future. It's the next logical progression.
1: Okay, so here's my idea based off of your two ideas. A combo two-part experience part one is the humans finally finding some semblance of the predator reserve through space flight like they have finally started like you said matching they're they're all of the predator tech that they've uh collected they finally started like open source research and development humans have finally made space tech they're faster than light travel they get to this experience like with the predators The predators find out that they're for the first time actually being hunted like one of the subservient races made it and is now trying to go toe to toe with them and so now we see the true reason behind their evolution like they've been like we it's been well established that they're evolution chasers like they want to evolve faster than any other race why Well, once we show up in numbers versus theirs they still win in that like spartan one spartan's worth 300 greek uh thermopylans um and and that that could be one half and then the second half is that battle results in some form of time slip seeing them back to the start starting the whole predator on earth fight like the humans race back to earth not knowing that they traveled through time the predators are chasing them same thing not knowing and that's how we resolve all the incongruities because like everything that's happened from prometheus and aliens versus predators and all of that started with a humans meeting the predators The Predator's getting the humans to run away. The humans get to Earth, find out they're stuck in time, but the Predators finally are like, all right, we acknowledge that you guys did this, so we're going to give you this planet, but every hundred years, we're gonna come back. And here's this doomsday device that we put on your planet, so if you don't sacrifice to us, it'll kill you all. But if you do sacrifice to us, we get to train hunters, And all the while, the humans, like, there can be this whole, like, messing with everybody's head saying that they didn't travel back in time, but in reality, they're back on Earth, building the ancient pyramids, doing all of this ancient civilization, and then this whole idea of, like, where did language go? Like, if we all spoke the same one, well, it's all because we all came in here on the same ship, then we all started spreading out then we all started speaking different slang then that slang became separate languages and suddenly like we have this full circle for the whole predator series to then into whatever direction for any subsequent movie like it could be the spartan times it could be the pirate time and you could then just start sprinkling in predator attacks every hundred years since that first visitation and that would to me, that would springboard the series into a full like never ending series.
3: So we could set it in like the Battlestar Galactica universe, basically?
1: <laughs> yeah. That would that works. Cause like that seems to be what's going to happen as far as the human timeline goes. Once we can explore space, we will explore space. If we have a reason to chase something in space, that's gonna be our first point of exploration. Once we get there something could happen, that thing that could happen could mess with the space-time continuum. That messing with space-time continuum could trick us into thinking we're just resettling a new planet, but in reality, we're settling Earth for the first time. And then that way you don't have to constantly like invent new aliens, like flora and fauna and all that stuff. You uh, You can still just go to the Egyptian desert and film and say like, it's a desert. But it th- it looks nothing like Earth, and it's like no, it's just an Earth desert without any buildings, haven't been built yet.
3: See, now I want
1: Cylons versus Predator. Oh my God,
0: that's <laughs> sick. Because that's kind of
1: what the the Wayland AI is becoming. Like his whole justification for like propagating the ev- evolution of the alien. Was because he realized that biologicals shouldn't exist so what yeah. does he do he finally creates bio he works with biologicals to create more of himself and then now the cylons are being sent out but yeah. like that's how big the universe is if we combine everything if we start cutting out pieces it very quickly becomes a, just a continuation of friday the 13th and the deaths don't mean anything we know that once the movie starts the predator dies but if we Make it this other thing where, like, it's a well-established ritual that the predators are going to be here every hundred years. Well, why don't we know anything about them between 1700 and, like, when it started? Because they always won. hmm Yeah, that, it's like the, the only the
3: movies that we, that we see are be. the ones
1: where they lose, right? Exactly. So, like, that way we don't break the, the, the storytelling element of, like... Really? How does nobody know that this thing exists? But we also don't have to keep explaining why we don't know this thing exists.
3: Oh, and R and D. All of this has happened before and will happen again. Yes, excellent.
0: Yeah, that's. You know, yeah, I, I just think that for me, I'd want to take advantage of of the current era, and I'd want to present, you know, the. the it, you know have a couple of characters one representing the, the toxic male Stereotype the other representing the toxic female stereotype and then having all manners of variation in between And then it, it basically starts out where oh, you know, they're bickering They don't get along but then to overcome and defeat the predator or whatever situation it is whether it's through time Whether it's you know how it's in the future um, basically have the entire premise go that no we 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 shouldn't be competing for who's better at what. It's team game, guys. We need to be working together, and and I think that's a that's really the message I want to start seeing more of. That's why I love Peacemaker. Peacemaker did this in the best possible way, and and that's why I, I'm so excited for whatever season two rolls out. Um, mm-hmm. and those are the sh- those are the types of stories that I think are great because then everybody wins, it, everybody gets a win, everybody can relate to it on some level, and it it just stands as a current continued reminder that our differences shouldn't be nitpicked or belittled one way or the other it's our differences that make us great as a species so yeah that's that's the story i want to see is
1: is... that i mean and that's kind of the story we've always seen with predators like even in predator at one point arnie cuts the bones off the girl and says she's hunting all of us like you shouldn't be crippled at the knees just because we need to capture you like you yeah. need to be able to play too oh yeah and
0: you want to talk about a movie that's got a diverse cast like that i was oh,
1: yeah. like wow a this was of cast, time a diverse cast within the reality of its society like yeah. jesse ventura i, I noticed this because at, at one uh mac the guy who picks up the gun from jesse ventura's character <laughs> is yep. also a black dude and they're like best friends but at the beginning of the movie gesture spits on the other black dude's shoes and you think it's like a race thing but it once i saw that like <laughs> switch it realized no that's an inter-branch thing he hates cia every single time and, and oh that, yeah. yeah i love that. like they, there was no context there was no explanation there was no karen that jumped in and said did you just spit on his shoes because he's black no I did it because he's in the CIA. Well, thanks for breaking the immersion, Karen. (laughs) Like, there was none of that. You had to, like, I had to figure that out. yeah, By watching these people live. And and I loved that.
0: Yeah, it it was, and that's what I liked it too, was, you know, the movie was trying to warn us of of the CIA, you know, a long time ago.
3: (laughs) Well, it came out basically after the whole Iran-Contra stuff started happening, right? So... You know, there was a context for CIA malfeasance, shall we say. This is
0: at 87. I was negative four, so.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, yeah, no, yeah, no, that, no. I thought this that was that's how the thing just... Yeah, yeah I, fair I, enough. But, and, and then the second one was, it was right in line with the Rodney King race riots. And like, nope. th- it's not that they over... Like, they didn't downplay anything. If anything, they just well, said, okay. like, this is what happens if it goes unchecked for a little bit longer. It gets well, yeah, worse. yeah,
0: because, yeah. And, was gonna the, and the, the cartel Rodney, is taking over L.A. The Rodney so. King riots weren't until 92, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think this, didn't Predator 2 come out? Was it 89? Yeah. Predators?
0: Or Predator 2? Was it 89?
1: I'm pretty I'm
3: sure
0: sorry. it was 89. Oh, you it said 2 was. So. Sorry, I thought you were still speaking about this one. I miss, I miss her, dude. That's my yeah. bad. Um. Yeah, no. Like I said, overall, yeah. great movie. Like I said, I I, I rated it a five out of seven. It, it is an action movie, not without its flaws. Um, it's not for me personally. It's not really something that I'm gonna watch often, just because it's it's not it, my my type of movie. Is Star Trek and Star Wars? Those are my. Those have always been my 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 thing, and those will always be my thing primarily. <laughs> so, you know, I never. It isn't just that I didn't watch it cuz I had overprotective parents. It was also I didn't watch it because it's just the type of movie that doesn't it's an action movie. I like it for the action, me, it's... but it's not a masterpiece. I mean, it's it's good. It's yeah, just for not me, it, it, it...
1: for me it was we had overprotective parents for sure, but as I got older I kind of became really grateful cuz horror movies legitimately scare me. And yeah. so the protection was there. I was protected from watching horror movies, but like our parents weren't to the point that like, no, that's a demon movie. That's going to infect your mind. It was more like, no, it's just a bad movie. There are things in it that are bad, you know, like murdering and ripping people's skins off. Yeah. That's we really don't need to see skin thing. humans. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. Before you're like, 13, time, like, that's not really something you need to be subjected to. Exactly. And I think that's to me, like my whole idea for the future of the series is how do we get it to the Star Trek Star Wars universe because the things that I love about Star Trek and Star Wars is the different planets with different species doing different things differently and that's Mm -hmm. what I love about this series is it's a very naturally progressive way for humans to have a greater than us reason to go out like what if the next Predator movie is a continuation, like a 2022 version of Predator, where all of it is caught on social media. The whole experience is very obvious. There's no getting like protecting it. The media talks way too much about it for way too long. So every human on earth is now 100% sure there are aliens out there and they are predators and they are coming for the strongest among us. Which then, now we start episode like this movie, that now we like the way that movie to me would end is that the earth space race is no longer russia versus america china versus russia versus america it is humans versus predators how do we stop this fight
3: that would be the basis for a fantastic tv series i think because you could even take it into places of you know, hysteria and some serial killer trying to take advantage of the situation. Like, there's a lot of places you could go with a a threat like that. But we do have some fan mail here. Uh, R&D, same. Uh, Star Wars, Willow, Cocoon, uh, Explorers, Indiana Jones, Batteries Not Included. I guess I'm a sucker for Wonder. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's... That
1: explains why you're here.
3: Yeah. Now, personally, I give this movie a 6 out of 7 but that is because I am a huge Arnold fan. His he is from the same family or the same village my family is from. Um, there is a huge connection there. Um, I friggin love every movie that he is in, including like the really bad and stupid ones. Jingle all because, the way! Because oh yeah, right. Last Action Hero.
0: Yeah. Hey, like, Last Action Hero is awesome. Oh,
3: well, some of them are bad, man. I mean, but they're, they're, they're wonderful in their, their terribleness is the only way I can describe it.
0: Last and, Action Hero is basically a meta movie for the comment, for the fan mail that r and wrote in. Like, yeah, that's exactly, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more grounded in the action sense, but that's exactly like, how many times, how many times have you gone to a theater and wished you had a magic ticket? just about every time for me like star wars star trek you know and i'm in there in the theater it's like man i wish this experience was going to be more than two and a half hours yeah but yeah so
3: that's that's where i'm at with it john let's get your 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 score here and then go for it
1: i this is so this is partially why i bring up or brought up the schedule in our internal chat or not the schedule but the the grading scale in our internal chat this is a hundred percent the definition of a seven out of seven based off of the time it was written based off of how it played then and how it plays today it still tracks in terms of good storytelling but even better it actually did create an entire franchise that led to so many other franchises that all intertwine and still work for the most part and that is what an a plus movie does an a plus a-plus content is what we keep trying to recreate, trying to, to bring back for nostalgia, but in reality, like, we know what they're doing. It's for marketing. It worked then, it should work now. Why did it work then? We don't know, we're just gonna write a new Star Wars. Like, pray is exactly what you're supposed to do. Find out why it worked, and then do that. You wanna change up characters? Make sure you don't set it at the exact same time as all those other characters are operating you want to change up roles make sure it all fits you want to change technology make sure it tracks like all of these things are the things that prey did and therefore predator has to be a seven out of seven because prey was a six out of seven for
0: if, you if the, a five out of seven for me, me. Prey, five
1: out of seven for you guys but it, if prey gets anything above a, a four which is like it was a good movie it was it was worth watching at least once, that yeah. means that it has to come from somewhere because it is a a, um, a revitalization it, it, it's re i forget what the word is it, it's trying to bring back everything that predator created and then it did that so much to a level that like you can give it a five or i can give it a six and that means that the seven out of seven had to be there somewhere like in the case of star wars empire strikes back is the seven out of seven that created everything afterwards because without empire strikes back star wars doesn't make any sense Luke was training saw vader then fights vader and wins cool we have a mary sue male actor but if you put five in there where he loses and goes to the abyss suddenly we have a wholly rounded character going through a journey and that i think is exactly what we have with predators is every movie after predator is still good And Prey being set, that Predator, following all the rules of Predator, was good. So so it has to be a solid, it stands on its own as a story structure. You can use the movie Predator and write a good movie, whether it's in 87 or in 2022.
0: Yeah, see, and that's where I disagree, is the fact that there are uh, better movies in uh in the 80s that i could even just like you know if if we're just kind of doing a general comparison um you know wrath of Khan is much better written better dialogue for example the, and uh, look at, at how the big future. star
1: trek is and look at how big back to the future was like back to the future only ended because of michael j fox's medical disability uh no that... it, it ended because
0: after three robert zemeckis said he was done and that's going to be it for the show for the series.
1: Okay. So then there's the, there's a logical explanation for its end. Whereas like Star Wars with this newest sequel, everything that was laid out for it and everything that it tried to follow along, it tried to meet the beats, but then it didn't. You lied. Who lied, Arende?
0: I exaggerated. <laughs>
3: uh, yes, in start search- In Rathicon, one of the best lines. There
0: we go. Oh. I exaggerated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but see, that's my point though. Is is there? There's the, the drawbacks the, for me the and Predator. is
1: with them. I,
0: I mean, I understand your point coming from the the success of the franchise, but I don't think you need a seven movie to do that. It, 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 and that's my point is that it's still a five out of seven for me because it, like I said, the big drawbacks. Arnold takes arnold's gun gets blown up and he just kind of walks off his arm injury like it's nothing he's using it normal again and that's where prey did it decently was they showed injury and it stuck with them um it it didn't it, they didn't just magically walk off the pain <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong i'd love to be able to do that it's just not realistic um so and, and yes i do i do i do have this this problem so to speak when it comes to action movies where i do gauge them a lot based off of realism and and i'm i'm the same you know my my fun at parties mentality comes out even when i'm watching futurama and they're doing ridiculously stupid stuff and i'm just like uh eh, no you're that's not anyway my but that's just it i don't have those problems with with back to the future or with with star trek 2 as examples but again this is broad stroke uh comparison obviously obviously star trek is sci-fi and it's futuristic sci-fi back to the future is a little more grounded even though they have the the one where they do go to the future which is now the past and uh it's just it,
1: sci-fi as well
0: predator is sci-fi. is sci-fi but it's a bit it's considerably more grounded it's sci-fi in the sense that it, it tries to be realistic by introducing an alien element but it's not like so alien like the force for example it's 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 just another creature that's fighting humans and and so it's it's very basic is what I'm trying to
1: say. For its time it was borderline force. I mean they're using plasma guns. We still have yet to even perfect the plasma laser in a handheld. Yeah well
3: okay so I would argue this I would actually argue that the Predator franchise fits a very unique section of horror called the horror of the uncanny okay so you have your slasher films which are like your jasons your freddy's that sort of thing you have your jump scare horror which i would say is kind of like a little bit of saw right um you know like where it's mostly jump scare stuff oh i always and saw,
0: saw goes- is porn, but good yeah
3: okay i mean the later ones i'll agree but
0: okay fair enough
3: then you have the the fear of the uncanny or the the kind of horror movies that sit with you days
0: or weeks later going
3: yeah that that's kind of terrifying when i stop to think about it
0: uh, <laughs> Like like H- we're going to talk about in terminalist here soon
3: yeah it's like hp lovecraft level stuff right like you know when you think about um you know like the call of cthulhu you're like okay so it's a giant you know um octopus with bat wings Um, that could probably eat me or anyone it came across and even looking at it causes madness. Okay. But then you start really thinking about why looking at it causes madness. And it's because it's just so far beyond your comprehension that you just can't handle it. And that's a terrifying thought for a human being because just about everything we deal with most of the time at some level we can handle. The predator is kind of like that, right? Like... It is so far beyond our capability to deal with. And it's literally hunting us for sport because, you know, from our perspective, it's hunting us because it's bored. Right. Um, That's a terrifying thought. Right. The further terrifying thoughts we've brought up that, well, they're keeping us as a garden, like a game preserve to hunt in. Even, is a even- terrifying thought. And that's why I think it it neatly fits into that unique area of horror where you only get one or two movies like this. Like the Thing was another one that fits very neatly into that uncanny style horror. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think I, I will. Especially I will... in
1: the case of the Predator, it, it's a, it's not just hunting us. Like you or I are probably never going to be on the list of you know fun opponents for the Predator it's picking oh no that we hope to protect us the 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 ones that make it so we can sleep peaceably at night that's the one it considers a worthy opponent and that is so much more terrifying like it's so far advanced that it's bored version of fun is hunting our most expert killers yeah so that's I will I will fair.
0: capitulate, yeah. John. If I if I quickly put on the lenses of eighties nostalgia here, um, and, and yes, it does tick off all the tropes. So it is an eighties nostalgia movie. It it definitely works for that, um, and that's but that's also where I have my problems with it, and that's where because I'm looking at right. this not right. as a movie or a product of its time, but also just as a movie in general. And some of the cheesy well, so dialogue, it- while entertaining and some of the other seat like i said i, I it's that's, an action that's why movie. i bring it
1: up for for its time cuz it's kind of like if you i, I also don't judge have... a, a, if you judge a writer based off his peers then that's one objective scale like there were a ton of terrible 80s movies that never deserved a sequel and i i don't even have any to name off the top of my head yeah, because like the 80s to me is already a dead series of movies like pretty much anything that came out of the 80s the only reason I watched Predator, Stranger Things and the show. Stranger Things fanboys would disagree but go on right. I don't know there's that, a lot of them I can it think it was of. written by the, the kids that lived in the 80s like now they grew up and now they're writing about their childhood in 2022 with 2022 cameras and that's why I say like you judge it based off the peers rather than judging it based off of what we now consider good writing, because especially in terms of movies, it took a long time for them to figure out that they could twist at us in drama. They could confuse us the entire movie and write an in Inception. Like that took all of the history of film before Inception came to be. Yeah, Even but Alfred that's... Hitchcock was writing really, really weak horror by today's I... standards. Okay, but that's also so why- we, if we try to judge predators based off of what we know to be good today but it was written based off what they knew to be good then it, it wasn't yet it still tracks today it's really good it, it, it's but that's not true
0: I, I gave several i gave a couple examples right. of better writing but you gave that we examples see in back to the future and Star Trek.
1: True writers nailing it like back to the future is definitely a one-off but there's already there's a bunch of complaints why did he go back to his hometown why is there no other plan for getting enriched in uranium why yes but i i don't recall the whole plot line like relates on a false sense of time whereas like the plasma but i I don't recall any viable technology
0: I, i don't recall any cringe dialogue in in star trek or in back to the future though or even star wars episode five
1: right but then you
3: also have to compare wait a minute. it to all of the you, action you find, writers. Wait a minute. Hold on. Stop. What you find Shatner no cringe dialogue in Star Trek V? None?
0: Star, Star Trek. Did I say Star Trek? I meant Empire Strikes Back. My bad. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. Also, that's what fine. cringe dialogue in Star Trek V are you Strat-
1: thinking of? In a kiss between brother and sister that wasn't officially brother and sister until episode six.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was retcon. So
1: that's... Exactly. That's the definition of bad writing. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, didn't know where the story was gonna end, and so at the very end, suddenly they're related.
0: Okay. Well, that still doesn't. That, that, that's, that's one. Where is okay. Predator? Now, now, just Star Trek have to do that?
1: But no. So that's what I mean. Like uh, writing in that time, especially like writing your peers. So like, if we judge Predators based off of all the other action movies and all the other horror movies, time. Not based on like like Star Trek was legacy. They had all of the series canon to bank like bank on all that fans and all the people that were interested in Star Trek to bank on when focusing on writing this. They had stuff to work with. Whereas Predators was a new idea in a new realm, and it uh, is I don't today know. still stands up as a good pre- like as a good action movie. It doesn't Let's stand see. up as an accurate action movie, but it's still fun you enjoyed it did you not yeah but oh,
3: okay hold on hold on hold on yeah but i didn't you're, find you're it. you're making
1: profound, the argument or... that predator is new and unique
3: I- i'm sorry dude i know my mythology um artemis in... artemis hunting orion i'm sorry it right. happened before the story in the mythology. isn't
1: new but the filmography of the story was new And that's what I'm talking about is we're judging movies. Not like, this wasn't a book turned into a movie. This wasn't a TV show turned into a movie. This was a first pitch. This was a movie pitched, produced, and nailed it on the first try. It didn't take Predator 2 for Predator 1 to see the light of day. Predator 1 saw the light of day because it deserved to. Then and today. Like rewatching it was still worth it for me as somebody who watches tons and tons of stuff in this realm like action sci-fi is probably my number one place to watch films and so in this instance the fact that the founding film still stands up to the newest film even during a reboot that that speaks to how good the founding film was
3: no i i I get where you're coming from but I, i will say that like uh, you know, I, I've made this argument before. There is, you know, uh, there, <laughs> as a well-worn Bible has written, "There's nothing new under the sun,"
1: right? No, but that's Fouconian logic,
3: right? But that being said, and I, I fully, do, yeah. I do agree that's that logic. it's it's a absolutely fantastic story. It, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think it. For me, it wasn't. I can't make it a seven out of seven. No. Because like, I I can't. I can't get past that. Even in the eighties, there's a fair bit of cheese there. Right. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's still a fun ride, right? And I mean, it takes you along for the ride for the most part. And at the end of the day, that's really what I am looking for from a movie. I am looking for from a movie that I, when I start the movie, I am engrossed in that movie. Nothing else exists in my universe except for what's happening on that screen until the end of the movie. And then I can either go back to my life or I can start, you know, like telling other people how great it is. If it can do that, it meets my requirement for a seven out of seven, right? Denis Villeneuve's Dune absolutely did that. I went with a bunch of friends to the theater. We watched it. And the two Dune heads in the group of friends Who had read all the books, were quickly going through a couple of pieces that the guys had questions about. And then very shortly afterwards, my nerd friends all had a book club going rereading Dune. That it that says to me a seven out of seven movie. Yeah, right.
0: I, I concur with that.
3: Blade Runner, similar idea. Very shortly after watching that. I'm picking up, you know, I'm talking to friends about it, I'm loving the movie. I'm picking up uh Android stream of electric sheep,
1: right? Well, then by that standards, that explains why I'm giving it a seven out of seven, because I watched yeah, cool. predator today and then watched predator two for the first time today. And then watched AVP for like the fifth time again today, because as soon as I started, I wanted to, like if, if I wasn't doing the show, I would still be finishing the rest of the franchise again. And I think like, based off of your definition for me, it hit that seven out of seven. It did make me want to keep going, keep playing, keep watching the next one and suffer through all the stuff that doesn't make sense. And because of that first one. So yeah, so I guess it is, is definitely biased as far as like the a plus, but it's definitely an a film.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the the thing about our, our, our scaling system is we, we kind of do borrow that old Roger, you know, Rod Ebert and Roper, uh, scale where they did thumbs up and thumbs down and that's why i wanted to do the seven thing um all right i'm gonna go ahead and get this uh we got another fan mail from uh our says i'm similar when i watch movies i get completely engrossed if you could listen to my thoughts it would be the movie's soundtrack makes it hard to dislike any movie as i watch it afterwards though um yeah and that's I, I, i'm in a similar boat this... like it's rewatchability for me I'm not going to go back and watch predator or prey probably for a few years, just cause it's not my kind of movie. Um, yeah. and, and that's, and that's, and so, but to, to what I'm saying to our skate, our point system is that's what we base it off of is we base it off of, you know, do we like it? Do we dislike it? That's why we have a four because instead of making it, you know, like, a, you know, like John brought up in, in in before the show started, you know, a five out of 10 is somehow worse than a six out of 10. The 10 scale does kind of get a little redundant in, in some areas. So, four for us is like, if you reach a four, then it's, it's a, a passable product. Yeah, exactly. It's a C. And anything below a four is going to have that for its reasons. And then we have the different reasons for that. So, we all agree it's at least four status.
3: Yeah, like, you, you, you've got the like, top tier stuff the not quite top tier but worth watching the better than average the average and then you get into what i like to refer to as the jj abrams section of the scale
0: (laughs) yeah and that's where you got you know like like your three out of seven which is like you know for me i hated it i thought it was bad but i can't you know, I have to acknowledge that there's some things I liked. Two out of seven is like this is terrible, but it's necessary to be watched once. And then one out of seven is when I'm like, don't waste your time. So
1: yeah, and, and the difference between a six and a seven, it's an, it's the difference between an A and an A plus. Like an A means that you meant you met the metrics for good storytelling. As far as stories go, you told the story the right way. A plus is okay. I now watched everything else afterwards. Everything before I re got back into the lore, it yep. made me want to re enjoy the franchise, and that that makes complete sense to me. Then, because yeah, for me, Predators did bring me all the way back, and so Prey yeah. did too, and and that's whereas like so like for Prey, the difference between Prey being a seven and Prey being a six for me is that. Prey is a seven in terms of subjective enjoyment, but it's a six in terms of the fact that like, there are very hard points that still need to be addressed. And Corian and I, as much as friends as we are, still couldn't agree. And that makes it a six that kills the seven for me because it's like, I proved it and he still didn't agree with it because the proof wasn't good enough. And that means the writing wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean and that, like look, that when it, takes that one little point.
3: And the the neat thing is, through our discussion, John, I think we managed to actually pinpoint the exact scene that needed the writing buttoned up on. Yeah. And I think that exactly. is cool. I think that is really cool. And that is like you know, cuz we both hit that point where it's like, okay, we acknowledge that the writing here needs buttoning up. And the fact that it's that one scene that could have made the difference. I think is fantastic that we were able to sit down and have a reasonable enough discourse to get there together.
0: Yep. All right. Yeah. With that, it's time to move on. Uh, we we do have uh, yeah. We do have to get to Turbulenza. This was a good discussion overall about Predator and stuff we'd like to see in, in future movies, and and I think we we had a very good good valuable discussion overall uh, but with that it's time for a quick word about our uh sort of pseudo sponsor C sutlery C sutlery for all of your civil war reenactment supplies uh they provide everything from uniforms to sabers to uh all kinds of camping gear anything that that you think you need for your civil war reenactment um they we we've got it or we at least know how to get you to the people that do um, now you might be wondering why would a show like this have anything to do? Oh pop my earpiece out. give me a second. Why would this show have anything to do with uh, Sutlery? What's the connection there? It's a little weird. And uh, well, the they're fastly becoming one of the primary providers for a lot of movie studios and that is a big deal. Because, especially if we end up becoming the primary movie studio uh, purveyor, um, yeah, no, that's a huge deal. So, with that connection with pop culture, uh, that is why I, I want to to promote them. And of course, you know, they keep me gainfully employed uh, three days a week, so can't uh, can't be too uh, can't be too picky about that. Uh, but please, uh, we do international shipping, so anywhere in the world. CCSutlery.com. Check us out.
1: And if you go to them, make sure it's home please, please tell them the writer. C-W-P- please
0: tell me out from the writer brothers so we know we're, we're getting through to, to fans and, and people who are interested. And actually, um, I uh, I can't get too specific, but uh, we put out a huge order to a studio today. So, yeah.
1: Um, Terminal list. Fan mail from merende It's a little weird. Fits right in. I mean, look at all of us in here.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's, don't. Uh, don't judge us. Don't works. judge us. Don't judge us. Store by itself. We we have had a couple of of uh one of the delivery guys came in uh, once his first time in and he's like uh what's what's going on here because we have you know the, the Confederate flag painted on the front of the building. And, you know, it's just a little bit, you know, middle of BF Nowhere Idaho is like, uh, you know, it's, it's, this is just a little weird. And it's like, no, it's civil war reenactment supplies. It's not. Yeah, no, it just, it seems it throws you off for a second, but it's, it's totally legit. But like I said, providing stuff for movie studios. Um, so it's not just, not just reenactors. It's, it's add, anybody who wants to play, And that's just it too. The gear that we sell, uh, for like camping and stuff, totally functional all of it it's not stupid props that are gonna break on you like this is actual tin and stainless steel gear top. oh yeah no it's i i'm actually i was gonna stock up on stuff this year for camping but unfortunately it's been too hot so maybe next year um
3: yeah and i, I just for the record i think it's safe to say that all three of us here are, are pretty much uh pro-union and not so much confederate uh
1: people oh uh, i'm a hundred percent anti-confederate rebellion yeah lost
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm uh I'm 1776. We'll just leave it at that. There um you go terminal lists is uh is, uh one of the most widely talked about shows right now which is of course why we had to do it no not just that it was also the fact that the book is so amazing and uh and and really a story worth diving into and getting along so we've been watching it one episode a week now and uh this week was episode four for us and for those of you watching along at home Next week will be episode five. So if you're just now tuning into this for the first time, you have plenty of time to catch up to five episodes and, and get caught up. Or you can read the book like I did and, and know everything that's supposed to happen. Of course, it doesn't all happen exactly as it did. Uh, they definitely shuffled a lot of events around, but it for the narrative of the screen version versus the book story, it, and this is what I've ultimately come to end up loving about this series, is the fact that both mediums are worth your time. Um... So I, I I still put emphasis on the book, but uh, who wants to do plot summary for this week's episode?
3: I was so confused by the plot. I would really appreciate it if one of you guys would
0: take it. this <laughs> one through me. Okay.
1: Uh, John, you want to so, take gonna... it? No, I'm gonna send this one to you because I'm I finished the whole series, so I, I still haven't gone back and rewatched the episodes.
0: Okay, yet. so. Uh, episode four is basically one of the, uh, well, it's one of the high points in the story as well. Um, it it, it pretty much, a lot of it centers around, um, James getting... you know he's been getting his vengeance but this one was was the real personal vengeance moment that it culminated into and and that's really what this episode's primary focus was well there's some some of the b-plot stuff that's going on in the background um you know there's a couple of things to note that i can't remember off the top of my head uh the biggest one of course is uh catching and of course uh disposing of uh, the the people who murdered James's wife and kid, wife and daughter. Now, when I first watched this scene, I, it disturbed me for a couple of days. I was, this is, as far as, like, you know, horror, gore porn goes, that's pretty much my limit. And I have to give credit where due in this sequence, the, the directors made the smart decision of uh, of not showing every specific detail and that's what i loved about it was was well not really loved but that's what i appreciated most about it was the fact that they did still leave some pieces of it up to the imagination um so for those that don't i guess i'll just resummarize specifically what happens is uh james and his uh his you know brother in arms and 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 a whole fire team they they get together and they go after they find out where the location of the actual assassin was who killed james wife and daughter and uh, they 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 come up with this plan they they originally the plan is no you know reese you could we can we can send in a team of operators and we'll bring him back in pieces and vengeance will be done you don't need to risk your own life everyone's worried about james's life and well-being and james is like and he counters their logic with one simple question every single time it's like were you in my position would you do would you do differently would you accept him just being sent in pieces and everyone's like no i'd I'd want to put my hands around his throat personally so he goes off on on his mission and he and they do the mission there's a cool there's a well-coordinated firefight uh, ben takes a couple of minor hits, so that br- adds more realism to the fight. It's not just everyone's got plot armor. Some people take act some, some damage. That's to be expected. And uh, finally, the, the controversial interrogation slash... Well, I call it the execution scene because it's an execution. He's not interrogating anybody. And... Uh, at first uh you know disemboweling is not a pretty thing uh the first time i saw that on a movie was machete and and it was in the most ridiculous and convoluted way where he uses it as a rope swing to fl- swing from one level of the hospital to the next so i was like yeah of course that's the way to do it uh but in this it's done simply for the purpose of a very slow and very painful death um like I said at first this scene really bothered me because I thought well maybe that was a little excessive maybe that was too much but then it hit me when I thought about it in this context when he has the guy you know he's he's got him cuffed and and he's you know he the 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 assassin basically spits in James face literally and he's, and I realized that that was the moment that James Reese decided to to ta- to disembowel it he wasn't planning on doing it he was probably looking to gauge his response because if he'd been like oh i'm so sorry it was business the money was too good i was so dumb i could have seen james just put a bullet to his head and, and called it a day right there but he didn't he spat in his face he's like oh what are you gonna do are you gonna kill me Ooh, oh wow yes i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill you by ripping out your colon stapling it above your head and making you walk your guts out that is a shitty way to go pun intended and, uh, and I I ended up coming around to it and realizing, yeah, I don't think I'd do any differently because if I was in James's position and this person so arrogantly and pompously thinks he's going to get out of this easily, you bet I'm going to think of the most painful way. And what's more painful than stapling your colon above your head and making you walk your guts out?
3: Okay, so I get all this. And this... That section of it made sense. But here are the pieces I'm still trying to put together. The... Um, I'm not even sure what nationality the dude is. I want to say Latin or vaguely Mediterranean dude whose house they're staying at. Yeah. Who exactly is he to them? Like, I get that they his father was friends, but like, is he like a drug lord or something like that? Because it feels like he might be a drug lord
1: that they're just like friendly on
3: terms with.
1: Parker might know the exact connection from the book, but I want to say the show alludes to it being a, uh, something to do with like, a, the, the movie you just reviewed the with Clint Eastwood, Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's like those seals, an event around that is when the frogman met this dude and then James Reese's dad is a frogman. This dude reveres Reese and Reese's family as basically like saviors. So okay. it seems like a there was like a formal saving by Reese's dad. Okay, and but he's got like there, he basically like raised Reese while Reese's dad was still a frogman.
3: Okay, but like the dude knows opera. Like the dude either knows or has his own operators.
1: He definitely does. There's many in, in the, the loadout, like the whole time that they're loading up for this mission, he's saying that his operators are finding them. So it could be there. I want to say he's Mexican intelligence. I think that's what okay. it is. Yeah.
2: Okay.
3: That that works for me because that was the piece that I was missing. Okay. Was I have no idea where this dude is coming from other than like the he was friends with the guy's father. Right. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure where this was going. Because, like, I I was sitting there like, is this dude just, like, a friendly drug lord with the CIA? Like, you know, like, I I have no idea where he fits into the puzzle. Um, And I think that's what my problem was with large swaths of this episode. is just trying to figure out who controls these particular puzzle pieces. Especially as more of the conspiracy is getting exposed. And, like, I get that, like, we're getting, you know, some idea of where this tumor is coming from. Um, we're not getting why, but we're getting where it's coming from. Um, And if I feel like at this point, if the answer to the why is just pure friggin profit, I'm going to be disappointed. Like, I want something more to it. Right, like I, I want this to be like the new cool steroid they were selling to the American military, and it just has the side effect uh, of you know being terrible for the operators. But who cares? Because they're just operators. Kind of attitude. I would be fine with that. But if it is just for like the standard military industrial complex, uh, you know, problem of cold hard cash being hard to ignore. I'm gonna be a little disappointed in that. Not gonna lie. And I love that you guys are just sitting there silent. So this is Sorry. clearly a, an Life important plot point.
0: I I can't. So, I, I it's,
1: it's. I'm not gonna confirm or deny. Yeah, me this, this, I, but, uh, I mean either. I can't. I mean
0: you're. It, you, I'll just say this. You're on the right path. And so, you, you might be set no, up for some that, that's disappointment. confirming
1: his suspicions. <laughs> okay. I don't... But... Okay. You're definitely not going to be set up for disappointment. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, I would just uh, just say, like... It's... Yeah.
1: To me... Curb your enthusiasm
0: like, a little bit, you'll be fine. No.
1: Okay. So, I don't to flip me, the it, whole table, very, but just, like, a dollhouse table? No, it's so it's very much a nominal <laughs> uh, justification... Like a justification that would exist in reality for both why the drug was created and for all the events that have occurred let, let me
0: put it to you like this that Corey. being said
1: each part of it plays like that's why i wanted to do it in this episodic structure was because like Corin's the perfect example of what i wanted from this everything that he keeps having an issue with this show actually takes the time to resolve and as we're going through this resolution, like that's why I've been so hyped. That's why I've enjoyed it. And now Parker, like you finished the book. So like you are now riding the same high I am and I still haven't read the book. Like I'm getting more excited for the book because watching Parker be just as excited about the end of the show, even though he's not there. Whereas like I'm at the end of the show and haven't even started the book. And Corian's like, I'm so confused. And I'm like, that's why I love this show. Yeah, it was okay. so fun. And it worked. Like, it's not like season eight of Game of Thrones where they just News. ended it as fast as they could. Instead, it's like seasons one through four where it's like, oh, I think I know what's going. I rewatched the whole thing again. And there's like seven other plot points that may or may not still hold and still count from episode one. And that, that's what this show is. Like, episode one, all that confusion still tracks that episode. I think seven is the end. Seven or eight. Eight. And then even, like, the resolution, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But is that really going on right now? And we just aren't getting it in our media? All right. All right. All right. Ugh, that's good. It's Stop. dirty. It's we, so good. So, no, Corio it,
0: it's, yeah, you're not entirely wrong with what you're th- suspecting, but...
1: Just, just wait. No, I think you will be satiated. I I just, I I can't confirm or deny that it's going to be the resolution you want. But I can tell you for sure there's a full explanation. It's not, there is no willy nilly one-off like, oh yeah, corporate capitalism. That makes sense.
3: Okay. (laughs) Because like, if this was like just purely about corporate greed... Uh yeah, there'd be there'd be a fairly large table flip because I'd just be annoyed, right? Like it's not necessarily a bad plot. I am enjoying the ride, right? But if that's what it boiled down to, it's like watching, you know, like a movie that's taking you on a really good, uh, really good run, and at the end of it it's like, stay in school, kids. I'd be like, Okay, come on. You know, like get lost, right? Um, but if it if it stays consistent enough that you could wonder, okay, is this happening right now? Are we doing this to to our people? That's something that I'd be intrigued to
0: see. You know, you bring up a, a really interesting point uh, with that, and I'm wondering if maybe that's how we should just start ending all our videos from now on—not just on TWB, but your personal videos. You know, Mary Pete, Mary 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 Part, many you get. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> yeah, even if right? it's just like, not even related to anything with kids, that's going to be our new thing. Stay in school. <laughs> like, you know, like,
3: I don't know what else. To, I don't know how else to explain it, right? <laughs> that's like, a
0: good explanation. But I'm like, man, what a great random ass tagline to start putting at the end of videos from now on. <laughs> it just makes no sense.
3: No, like, but that's it, right? I mean, it's it's like, um, you know, it's like the G.I. Joe episodes, right? Like the, those like little PSAs at the end of the video or end of the show, had nothing to do with the plot of the show. Yeah. Right? But, At all! But They did. were good.
1: Knowing but... is half the battle. The other half is the plot of the show.
3: Yeah, like, well, and you see here I always thought the other half was, like, guns, right? Like, lots and lots Retreatous of guns. Gratuitous violence. No, yeah, we already
0: yeah. talked about Predator.
3: Ha! Um, I don't know. Terminalist still has some pretty impressive uh, equipment Reese in there, the too. The next
0: candidate... <laughs> Well yeah, but it's not this isn't just an action-oriented series. Don't get me wrong, the action's there and the action's good, but it's see, I love this show because it's 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 the perfect blend of action shoot-em up with brain massaging and, and plots and, and plotting. It's a, drama. And it's a drama. It's
1: good. I would I would say this is a dramatic action movie because there is so much more real on drama than there is action but i would also give it a little taste of thriller because it does do a lot to mess with you in terms of like what is actually going on but i think like the craziest thing about this is like this this is what every honorable hero thinks of themselves as like like even if you aren't a tier one operator you've never met a tier 1 operator, you probably think you're close enough to a tier 1 operator to operate like this. And that's what I mean is like, this is one of the few times where the noble warrior is set in modern times and actually maintains being a noble warrior because even in this episode with the grotesque violence, it's only attributed to the one person responsible for the most grievous sin against the main character the main character has the nobility to like a he had no idea he was going in and saving kids he had ideas that there might be kids there but they're more like child uh warriors child the kids in africa right like they're more likely to just grab a gun and kill you. Cause that's what they've been trained to do. than they are to, you know, listen to you and be saved or even want to be saved. And that, that he still took the time. Like that there's this, this scene where they go in and they find all these kids. You see him come in there, super operator. Like I'm going to put anybody down that's in this room. And as the kids listen, you don't see him lose his temperament you don't see him suddenly go oh son i got you oh you're a good boy no he's like all right go like he keeps his operation operator mentality and that proves that like the operator mentality isn't toxic masculinity it's constant focus in the moment like yeah you're loud but that's because you need your point to get across yeah you're short that's because you need your point to be perfectly understood you're, yeah. you're not being mean by being loud and short, unless you're saying mean things when you're being loud and short, right. and, and that's what this show really demonstrates: is that like the operator isn't always this angry, mean, toxic masculinity person of anger. Well, there's nothing you know, they toxic a about of it. Focus, person exactly. Of authority,
0: and, and that's in what. In fact,
3: I... no, everybody. In fact, everybody I have met who I would consider in that tier one vein. They always approach the work in a very almost mathematical, methodical fashion. There's no positive or negative emotion attached to it. It's just the job is insert here, you know, eliminate threats here, move to HVT, capture HVT, extract. Yeah.
0: And I loved how they did they communicated all of that. Like this this felt almost like a field operation in an actual war zone because they were communicating everything they were doing. It's what you're supposed to do, you know? Moving. Reloading. You know, that stuff, you know, you think in Call of Duty that people just you know, the, the characters say for fun. No, that's what you communicate because your team needs to know why aren't you shooting down range? Why aren't you covering my ass? Oh, because you're out of ammo. Okay, so I need to cover your ass till you were so you're fully loaded and so yeah I, I really liked how they they coordinated it it was all believable it was all well i don't know except i think uh if i'm remembering correctly i think pratt was doing doing wing rifle style which no
1: he so he's actually no So wing rifle style actually applies when you're in close quarters in case you need to use your elbow as like a weapon uh, okay so like when you're in close quarters you like the, that's why the whole adjustable stock thing when you're at long range, you want your stock out here. But when you're close quarters, yeah, use you want that your elbow to that to your shoulder. For, yeah, stable. And then, like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that this, if you want to know how to pretend to be a tier one operator, watch this show and it tells you every single step that they teach you. That doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna actually understand why they're doing everything because you don't have the teacher explaining all the nuance to every piece. But like the way he clears, the reason why his rifle is sideways is because like when you're in a room, you're aiming with the barrel. You don't need to aim with the sights because if you do-
3: Yeah, you're too close for it to matter. Yeah. Yeah,
1: anything over 25 yards and it's not a handgun. If it's a rifle, you can aim with the barrel or under 25 yards. In most rooms, uh, are I about tension. I didn't
0: know that. So thanks. That's something I'm going to have to do with. The yeah. And, now.
1: and that's that's why I say this show so good is because, like, it may not be that you're going to suddenly be James Reese. You're, you're going to suddenly be a seal operator. But, but if you ever run into a situation where you run into seal operators and they're trying to tell you to do stuff and you remember everything from this movie, you're going to be a great civilian to work with. You're always going to stay behind them. You're always going to be on the hip that isn't doing anything. And that is what you can learn from this movie. But also like this is a pretty great show for guerrilla tactics. Like this is how you handle a situation when you're a small squad of operators. Obviously, the training, the resources, the connections, all of that matters. But at the end of the day, the person doing the operating needs to know all that stuff individually. And that's who James Reese is. He's a well-trained fighter and he knows that training not just like he doesn't know just jujitsu he doesn't know it in terms of like in afghanistan we did this but in america we did this he's like no when you're clearing a building you clear a building like this every time this is how you clean a room this is how you know you're good this is how you communicate like it it, this show did a great job like even the operators that joined them that were the proto father's uh operators like All the communication, even though it was broken between English and Spanish, it still made sense across operators. Move. What does that mean? I'm set and shooting rounds down range for covering fire while he moves. Set. What does that mean? I get to move. Like, you don't need to know English or Spanish. You just need to know that, like, once he starts putting down range, you say what you're doing so he knows that he's covering you and, and that. this shows really good on how to do it. And it's because they had Jack Carr, an actual Navy SEAL, influencing these parts. And the directors actually listened. The director didn't go, well, that doesn't make sense for this action movie. The director said, okay, well, how do I make the cameras make that look cool? Because that's how you're supposed to do it. I'm going to make that look cool, but you're still going to do it the way you're supposed to. and, And that's, the beauty of this show for sure
0: yeah yeah it's one of the reasons why i'm i mean it's like i said they kind of shuffle a few things and and play them out differently but i could see why because from a see and that's where the director comes in to help the show makes help the book make sense on a screen perspective and that's probably why jack carr agreed to the changes as well was because well yeah it's 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 a story that you want to keep your audience interested in. You don't want to just give everything away and then and then, you know, it's like hope that they stick along, stick around to see how it ends. So, I, I do like the delivery method of the show. I've come around to it. Like I said, there's still a couple of things I would have kept original, but e- even then, that's not...
1: It's just it's dwindling kind of, it's as just, we've gone on. It's just which nitpicking at really nice. this
0: point. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, I'm glad they didn't show every gory detail of the execution itself because, man, and, and honestly, him making those loud noises while walking was, was enough for me. I was like, yeah, I know exactly what's happening right now. He's getting his stomachs pulling out, followed by his spleen, followed by everything that's gonna. it's all just hitting, yanked out, and it's painful. I imagine. I mean, the worst I've ever had was appendicitis, so <laughs> yeah. I never, never thought to pull out my own colon and see what happens. Um, it probably never will. But
3: yeah, my general rule of thumb is the red stuff is supposed to stay on the inside. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I tend to try to
1: keep it that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and Prats... I kind of like it there. It fits nicely. Well. Yeah. Well yeah. organized.
0: Yeah. And the other reason the scene works and it, and it's not, uh, you know, it's not degrading to the character or the or the memory of the character's uh, loved ones, is really because Pratt's acting comes through in this in this sequence. He does a very good job of internally. You can just you almost feel like he's ready to just slit the guy's throat for spitting on him but he doesn't. He pauses for a moment. And then he grabs out the tomahawk and goes to town. And then he hardly says, like, three words to the guy. He just, he staples it, cuts him loose, and then says, walk. And that's it. And he doesn't
1: relish in it. Exactly. He doesn't, doesn't, like, there's no joy across his face. Like, it's, like, we've seen it time and again in movies. It's cliche at this point. The idea that, like, uh, certain people enjoy getting revenge but once you get revenge it doesn't change the fact that your loved ones are dead and that's what it like we watched. this guy didn't enjoy getting revenge he in according to his moral compass according to his code of honor it had to be done and it had to be done in such a way that was equal to the crime committed against him and it had to be equal to the person's individual like feelings of the crime because if the if the had only done two to the chest one to the head for the wife and the daughter or just one to each head and when jack reese gets or not jack reese but when james reese gets there and is like goes to confront him and he's like i haven't been the same since like or if he finds him at his grandma's house just completely like grandma's like you can't take him you can't take him he's like i'm gonna take him and then his grandma, or, and then he goes into the room and this guy's just been sitting on the floor completely like he looks like malnourished like he hasn't eaten since the crime then you would see james reese respond differently mm-hmm. but instead he walks in on a gangster with a gangster attitude hey orville nation welcome welcome fan mail how are you doing, doing. phenomenal so glad you stopped by yeah um, You
3: know, I even actually get the impression that, like, look, if his team had just been beaten by their betters, right, um, he probably wouldn't be out on this revenge kick. If when the if it had been just a really super clean kill on his wife and kid and when he shows up and tracks down this assassin, then the assassin goes, look, it's nothing personal. It was business. It was a job. I did it. Um, you know, I didn't take any sort of pleasure in this at all. It was just what I had to do. Here's the guys above me. These are the, I'm just the machine. This is the, uh, this is the finger that pulled the trigger. I could even see Reese being like, yeah, okay. I can understand that. And, and, it just it him and yeah. away. yeah, exactly. Right. I could totally see that it's because it's such a unique situation that we get what we get.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love it because it really does paint that it's this adage I used to hear all the time everybody wants to be a gangster until they have to do gangster things. Yeah. And that was what this was. Like, this gangster, and and in terms of gangster, cartel members are the worst. And by worst, I do mean like the most egregious at committing gang violence. And as such, he went against the honorable warrior who's trained by other honorable warriors. And in that moment, you see the difference between a cartel gangster who has killed many and never had a problem with it and has no care for death, no fear of death, as they all say. And then you watch a tier one operator give him and all of his friends a reason to fear death. Because the only reason James Reese was able to destroy the entire cartel compound was because I went to LA and killed Reese's family. If this guy had never interacted with this Tier One operator, this Tier One would not have really started a coup against this cartel and won. Yeah. And that's the difference between the cartel and the Tier One operators. Like the cartel may be good, but they don't have morality on their side. And so when the morality, the moral warrior comes to fight, the moral warrior has so much more behind him than the drug dealer and mm. the gangster. Because even if the gangster says he's fighting for his home, he's also killing his home at the same time. Yeah, and I mean- Whereas look the noble like, warrior says he's fighting for his home and he's never dropped a bomb. No, he's just killing other people.
3: Yeah, Now, I, I will, like, I will- put this out there just for those people who are listening that are a little, you know, sensitive to such things. Look, we are in no way condoning any sort of, you know, extreme vengeance upon people. Uh, I think all of us here would much rather have justice play out appropriately than any sort of crazy revenge fantasies. Um, But this situation... As it is explained in the series and in the books, is a very unique case. Well, and that's, and that's, that's it. why it gets a, a a different pass for me. The first- if this was a revenge fantasy like Get Shorty, I probably wouldn't be into it. But because of the way it's going down, it is a different animal
0: yeah and that's uh a fan mail from rn day night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to work that's basically the first line of the book is this is a revenge story of what happens when you piss off an apex predator i'm paraphrasing obviously but that's 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 what it sets you up for it's like this is this is you know it if you want to get predator
1: without his tech and a moral compass yeah yeah
0: it, this is uh this is uh technically it is a revenge fantasy, but it's looking at it from the practical perspective of what if this happened to you? You know, Corey owned, you're probably the most qualified of both of us here because you actually do have a wife and daughter. Uh, whereas <laughs> I only have a wife and John has, you know, a lame son and, uh, I'm just kidding, John. Uh, no, John, John did relate to this a lot and we'd have talked about this, but I would like to hear from you. Would you do anything differently in this scenario?
3: Um, first, I want to say for the record that I feel incredibly, incredibly sorry for the poor soul that attempts to do anything untoward to my wife, because if you think I am in any way scary, um, she beats me handedly in that regard.
0: Now, no, I don't um, think you're scary. That's what scares the shit out of me.
3: Yeah, well, right. Um, you know, because if you're not terrified of her, you should be. But that being said, um, you know, look, there is nothing I wouldn't do for my family. Um, and I know that a situation where somebody had done something completely untoward won't fix the problem. Um, but you can be damn sure I'd be making sure that person would never be in a position to ever do it to somebody else's family. Yes. Now, how that what form that took would significantly depend on the situation. Yeah, I am very likely or I'm very unlikely to be coming back from a screwed up operation from Afghanistan anytime soon. Um, You know, uh, mostly because uh, I, I don't like I don't like deserts as a rule. Um, I'm not a big sand person, but okay, calm um, down
0: there, Darth Vader.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying I'm Darth Vader, but um, (laughs) yeah, well, uh, Well, no beach for you. Yeah, you know what? I'm really not a beach person either.
0: That's Um, that's fine. Key West has uh, Key West doesn't just have beaches; it also has like you know harbors and you know docks that just drop off right in the water. Probably right up your alley.
3: Yeah, that's actually perfect. Um, uh, I'll, I'll realistically though, if you get me anywhere near water. I'm probably going to have my scuba diving gear out and I'll be under it. So, um, but yeah, that being said, like, like I said, I'd be damn sure making sure that, that never happened to somebody else's family from that individual ever again. Yeah. Um, and what form that took really depends on the situation. This is a unique situation where they, w- I'm sure Reese would love to go through the law, except for one problem. There is no law that applies to these people. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, fan mail from Arendi. uh Sand goes everywhere. LOL. Yeah, yeah, it, it it does. It's it's. Uh, my idea of a beach day oh, is I just kind of was... walking on a beach for like a minute and then going to a restaurant because I've I've done that. I as think. A kid that... And, yeah,
1: I think that was a, a a continuation of your line quoting the great Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, it gets, it's it's coarse, gets it gets everywhere. It's coarse. Gets everywhere. No.
0: But not yeah. like here. It's beautiful here. Let's kiss awkwardly. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, I'll still take episode two over the sequels any day.
3: I I agree, but I, I would... You know, I just wish George Lucas could learn to write a love scene. He's never successfully done it.
0: You know, in the grand scheme of everything else we got... Oh, okay. I mean, sure, you could probably write better romance. I thought I did a pretty okay job with romance myself, and that's not like... Yeah, you specialty. did good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you did good. Um, Alright, last five, four minutes, rather. Uh, Real quick, um, I do have a couple of plugs, but first, uh, John, if you could back me up here. Let's give a quick shout-out to orville nation who has joined us in the in the discussion a little bit or is at least listening and uh we do appreciate your support and your continued shout outs and helping us grow man uh, we are now up to 71 subscribers and that is in no small part due to you sir and of course uh Arendi and everybody else who helps share and spread the word you guys are what's helping us to grow we want to try and be that 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 sort of you know we want to be your tuesday night home that's really what we'd like to be your discussion for a lot of stuff. Uh, we do have a uh, a Deep Space Nine watch-through that we are starting uh, in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight, on September 6th, is Deep Space Nine. We're probably just going to do episode one, and then we'll probably, obviously, Terminal List is still going to be going at that well, time.
3: We should do episode one and two, because it's a two-parter for the opener.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, I consider... Yeah. Emissary to be one episode. Um, so yes, Emissary parts one and two will be, will be the first. So you guys have time. If you want to schedule, put out schedule for that. And then, uh, we'll release a schedule weekly of how many episodes, because I have no interest in, in doing season one and two week by week. I'd like to get through those two seasons somewhat fast, reasonably fast, let's say. Um, yeah.
3: Let's get to the good stuff as quickly as possible.
0: Yes, because once we hit season three, oh, man. Oh, yep. man. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Um,
3: yeah. John, there are like three episodes in specifics that I am really looking forward to seeing your take on them. Yes. Uh, really looking forward.
0: I would also like to give a shout out to uh anti-derivative jill if you haven't heard of this person she is currently doing a weekly uh review of the original series of star trek um she's a huge tos fan and she's got other uh other trek fans that she talks with and uh they do they're doing one episode a week but of course it's only three seasons so it's not that bad um i i ought to i i watch i don't watch her stream all the way through and on the replay um because she's streaming when i'm at work but from what i do listen to when they talk about episodes i do like on on the original series and i mean it's just it's star trek discussion and it's somebody else is doing trek so i mean if you want to get in on that as well please do she's a great uh very knowledgeable when it comes to star trek she knows totally what she's talking about um she's also a moderator for a lot of other communities like ours so she does a lot of work here on youtube and and definitely very deserving of the support Um,
3: she's also the sweetest human being
0: i don't know her that well but you do and so yeah, yeah she but she seems nice i like talking to her when i do talk to her um but yeah, cool community, and yes, they do. She does. She actually does a really good job with crowd interaction, and so yes, she will. She will definitely acknowledge your your uh, your opinions there. Um, our RND fan mail says Avery Brooks is such an amazing actor. He's so good at conveying strong emotions. Hundred percent agree. Um, yes.
3: Uh, he's also a pool shark. Do uh, not play pool with that man for money.
0: Yeah. Uh. All right. Quickly, guys. Uh, if you want to get your plug in real quick, any of them. Yeah.
3: Um. So. I'm Corion, your are yeah, Witch like in Residence on YouTube, <laughs> and uh, I run a show on Sundays. Come check it out. We are really cool, and we also do the Rogue Council every other Thursday. This is a week off. Next week, uh, next week we will be back with new and wacky woo-woo stuff for you to enjoy.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um... So, yeah, so I want to thank all you guys again for tuning in and especially watching on the replay or listening to the podcast. Um, we, we love doing this. I'm Petey York with the Ryder Brothers. Stay cool. Yeah, Stay cool, kids.